This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is The Potential Podcast. Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Potential Podcast with me, your host, Taylor Sokol. And I'm joined by my very uh, spiffy and uh, always uh, plucky co-host, Chris Dewar. Welcome back, Chris. How are we doing? I'd like I'd like to buy a vowel. Is that an option? Uh, no, uh, but uh, you can phone a friend. And hey, look, and look, I'm here. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, here we are. Another great episode of the Potential Podcast. And um, we just got some cool news uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, you know, we've been talking on this podcast about new movies 
new movies that are being pushed all the time to 2021 because all the, the way back and it's continuous. Uh, yeah, and even into 2022 now, you know, for some of these films. So we just got news that Wonder Woman 1984 is still due to come out on Christmas Day in theaters, but it also will be streaming on HBO Max. So that's pretty uh, pretty exciting. They're still going to let it be open in theaters where theaters are open in the country. But for those at home, just want to watch it at home, it'll be available on HBO Max. And that's really like that and Soul are probably the next two big Hollywood films to come out. And they're going to be on the same day. Soul, of course, on Disney Plus. So that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. Also, the fact that because, you know, we've had a couple films that have come out um, direct to streaming with the witches and and all that mm-hmm. but this one you know set to be in the last big blockbuster i would say of the year i i thought it's a very bold move that they're going to have it on streaming apps so of course you don't have hbo max you know have a friend but to not have it where mulan did this with disney plus they had it you know pay paid on demand so i'm i'm not complaining but i think it's a pretty bold move for such a big film uh, yeah, do- I wonder I wonder how it'll pan out for them financially in terms of getting their money back cuz this movie was supposed to be out over the summer and it's just been, you know, pushed and pushed and pushed and so it'll be very intriguing but you know, we're hoping that you know, maybe we start getting the vaccine out or you know, hopefully things will start, you know, uh changing so that we can get back in the movie theaters safely all the time. Um I did notice uh, me and Taylor we are members of a-list with AMC, which of course has just been on hiatus this entire time. Now it's being pushed till March when you can make your decision to rejoin. So they're being smart and not forcing anyone to start paying again for the, you know, three movies a week until there's enough movies to go see. So uh, hoping that will be the case because of course we love going to see new movies, but yes, we have all this streaming content and there's plenty of new movies still yet to come out in the streaming platforms for the next few weeks. And now, getting to today's topic, uh, we all are still kind of, you know, 2020 has, has been a, a harsh year in so many ways, but we always end up losing, you know, celebrities each year. And it just, it's almost fitting in a way that just shortly after losing Sir Sean Connery, we would lose his comedic enemy in terms of an SNL side point, but we lost the amazing host, Alex Trebek, the longtime running host of Jeopardy. Uh, who eventually you know, lost his battle with cancer there. Um, just someone that was always, I feel like, you know, we're going to get into this on the episode today. When it comes to game show hosts, there's just something that's so uh, loving. There's something familiar. They're in your living room, you know, every night. You he kinda... certainly was the consummate host of a game show. Yeah. If you think game show, he had a little bit of all. He was not, um, not fake and not too over the top, but... For many of us, including you know yours truly and Chris Dooley, uh, we both grew up in the same household with uh, Alex. He was just you know like that neighbor, just come on down and and come to entertain us. And actually, funny, uh, I got this gift uh, for my grandparents a while back uh, before he passed away. Oh, look at there, his book. Alex the answer came out is... with a book. The answer is and very fitting. I'm actually going to start reading this because it's really cool to hear about his life. I mean, the host for well over. Uh, 35 years uh yeah i think it was 1984 up to 2020 so a uh, pretty long time and so we thought it'd be fun today in kind of an honor of alex trebek you know the idea of the game show 
is such a broad topic now. We have so many types of game shows nowadays, but uh, you know, game shows have been something I think people just really enjoy watching partly for the competition's sake, partly for the underdog's sake, and partly for the fun of it. That's just fun to watch. You know, we all like playing games, board games, trivia games, and something about human nature. I think that we're competitive yeah. species. We are always striving to compete and for survival, but also yeah. for you know a new car. <laughs> um, so quickly before we you know uh, get to our main kind of bulk of the episode here, a uh, little bit of history with game shows. The first shows that were game shows started appearing in the late 1930s over the radio. So this is all like we're getting right up until TV started. Uh, the first televised game show was a show called spelling bee i'm sure you can guess how that show ended up being you know it was a probably a televised spelling bee competition and that was in 1938 and then we started getting shows like dr iq and it wasn't really until the 50s into the 60s where we started seeing really the game show that we would know more today the panel shows became a huge hit and those kind of old trivia shows kind of took a seat back and it wasn't until we got things like Jeopardy, of course, being a big kind of trivia show. Um, and even I would say, in, in a sense, Family Feud is kind of a trivia show. So, uh, but yeah, in the 60s and 70s, Shaggy shows, you know, Jeopardy, uh, we'd get Match Game, Hollywood Squares, we would have The Price is Right, one of my favorites, Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune, all these big shows. And it's just interesting to see which ones have lasted to this day which have not and again knowing that eventually there'll be an evolution even into reality shows that are competitions and you know cooking shows and so many types of you know competition games so we're going to talk about that today on the podcast but we're not doing it alone are we taylor no we're not and in all fashion we always try to have as always some fun guests to join us and today's guest is no different uh, very excited. This guest has a unique insight into world of competition and game shows and a good friend of mine that I met through my travels. So please welcome to the podcast today, our guest, Mrs. Erin Duffy. And I'm very uh, pleased to announce our guest today. I know this uh, guest uh, fairly well uh, through my time on cruise ships. Uh, she has a history of working over four years in the cruise industry uh, and finishing her career as a cruise director and now currently working as a speech pathology assistant. Please welcome to the Potential Podcast, Erin Duffy. Woo! Welcome, Erin. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Taylor. Very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We're Absolutely. very glad to have you here. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, uh, little little fun facts. Aaron and I, I actually how we we met was very funny because we 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 knew of each other, but we never met uh, until like much later. Uh, I took over for Aaron uh, when she was going on vacation as a cruise director, and so we just literally just kind of passed over each other, and then we ended up docking one of three ships in Alaska, uh, which was crazy. That was so much fun. We met up and I, I always say like the, the hardest part about that role is you're alone, you know? And when you're with other cruise directors, you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. I get what this job is. And I wish every ship had like four cruise directors. That would be amazing. Yeah, it was our unofficial cruise director conference in uh, Juno Summit. And uh, and then of course, then we <laughs> met 
I did my first trip to um, LA and San Diego and you were one of my tour guides. So that was really fun too. Yeah, that's where we met up in Old Town, San Diego. Good times. So yeah, we're just, we're really excited to talk with you because I know obviously with our experience, both you and I's experience and our passion and maybe uh, dispassion, I don't think that's a word, you're going to correct <laughs> us because of your field. Uh, you know, talking about game shows, I know that Chris and I, I don't know how you are, but we both share uh, obviously love for game shows. I think that's just part of growing up as a kid since they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, you, gotta, you have to imagine, I think for every kid, at least in the States and maybe other parts of the world, the first game show we probably all, all introduced to simply because at some point you're going to be homesick from school and you're going to be watching TV. And the only show that's ever on, that's a game show during the day at like 11 o'clock is the price is right. And yeah. That's right. For some reason, even as a kid, you just love watching that show, even if you don't really get what's going on. But I, I mean, I still try to catch that show to this day now that we have, uh, good old Drew Carey as the host, but yeah, do you have do you have any earliest memories, Aaron, of like game shows? You know, you I I was watching? just I was just thinking the one that I really remember like connecting and like this is a really cool game show was uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A huge hit! What a hit of a yes. show too. I think in terms of the the trivia game show because there's so many game shows. I mean, most game shows it's a puzzle or some sort of obviously obviously a trivia thing but yeah there were so many good times something about that show i think it was just the intensity of it because you got the music so much suspense i know the heartbeat and then of course regis philbin uh rest in peace just he had that great it just like, won five thousand dollars i know is that your final answer he had that real like new york like he's definitely like and it was just so much fun and then the whole like the phone a friend and stuff it was the drama yes. like, I'm gonna call and uh my my grandfather passed away 15 years ago but one of the smartest people I ever knew and we kept saying you need to go on these game shows and oh, yeah. as I grew up he said to me you know if I get on if I can who wants to be a millionaire you're going to be my lifeline for Pokemon Star Wars Harry Potter so this <laughs> was like when I was much younger and I'm just like imagine categories and he called me and be like, who's the, who is this? And I was like, don't, don't do that. The million but, dollar question would be what number Pokemon is Pikachu? And he'd be yeah. like sweating bullets. And you're like, I know what to call. Well, what, what, what was it about millionaire specifically that you, know, you were drawn to Aaron? I think like what Taylor was saying, like the stakes felt so raised and, you know, the way that they went up to the higher and higher amounts of money and the way that they had the phone, the friend, and they had that, that way that they could eliminate two of the answers, but you only had like three of those that you could do. And then you knew when you were running out of those, it was all on you. Um, I think those were a few reasons why I was really drawn to it. And I think um, just the fact that it was a lot of like general knowledge and you think, you know, how smart are these people? Have they just studied all these facts? Like just, and wondering about the people's backgrounds too, about how they knew that much information. It felt a little, I don't know if you think this, but I felt, compared to now I grew up on Jeopardy that was that is and will be the ultimate trivia game show but I feel like something about who wants to be a millionaire it was so much more accessible in the re the generalness of knowledge where I feel because Jeopardy had very specific categories this one was like they try to make it as general as possible and there was some questions especially in the earlier when it's like you know not as much money and they feel most of the general population could get and then it always would hit that one question and it start to be like really off topic 
you have to like know history or science or something and that's when I'd be like right. and this is where I would probably not do very well plus past like the 16,000 to 32,000 my favorite of our memory of who wants to be a millionaire is the guy I think he was the guy who first won the million dollars and he got to the last question had not used a lifeline and then he called his dad for the million dollar question and he goes hi dad I actually don't need your help I'm about to win a million dollars. And then he answered yes. what he knew. And then it was like, and he won the million dollars. And I was like, what a move. What a what a cool end move to be like, I got this. Um, and, I got this million dollars. But actually, I was going to mention that there was kind of actually a big drop off and decline in game shows near the end of the 90s and early 2000s. And Millionaire actually was one of the rare shows that became such a phenomenon. It kind of put game shows back on the map. And then we had like a new kind of like renaissance of game shows, which then actually led into this kind of off branch of game shows, which is reality shows, which we have so many reality based game shows, which I mean, it's not the typical panel or trivia. It's still you're going, you're doing something towards winning a prize. And which that's I think what we, to me, yeah, Chris and I talked about because the definition counts is as a game show. Some sort so, you know, of competition, yeah. Yeah, you got you got your you know Survivor and Big Brother have been the two kind of main ones but i mean there's been so many branches off from that of reality shows compared to yeah you look at your your mainstays jeopardy will of fortune price is right family, family feud, feud yep. those are like the four longest running game shows of all time so there's so many game shows i mean every channel's had like multiple spin-offs reboots retries random games new games it's kind of crazy how much we as a nation really love that kind of style of show. And I think it's because it gives something to the poor middle class, a little bit, a sense of like hope for like really cool prizes and potentially a newfound wealth is something that I think is entertaining to watch. Cause we're like rooting for those underdogs to get that money. Cause we're like, <laughs> if that was me, I want that prize. I want that boat. I want that money. You know, it's something about that. It's, it's kind of fascinating. And the people are relatable, you know, who are mm-hmm. in those roles, like you said. Yeah, they're everyday people. They're, you know, the plumber next door or, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the Hunger Games, but less violence. So it, right. it could be anybody. And then it's funny when you do have these people that you you know. And, um, and it's always, always fun. Like, do you guys remember, um, I think it was Hollywood Squares. Was that one? Mm-hmm. That was one, yeah. I do like the one where you'd have the celebrities because the celebrities would be doing it for charity or something. So they were like not taking it seriously, but... There is something about seeing these, the middle class, the average Joes and average Janes that they, uh, you know, anyone can get this opportunity to do it. And, you know, you, it's that edge of your seat kind of uh, adrenaline rush compared to like seeing anything else that you get really into it and you get hyped up. And especially like my family, they follow Big Brother a lot and they're like, oh, who got eliminated or Survivor? And I'm like, whatever <laughs> so you get invested in these people like oh joe joe he, he he got eliminated i'm like who what's that who's in the penalty box you know who got a touchdown i don't know what's happening so uh randall manipulated another guy and got someone off the island again and you're like it, it it's yeah it's like a very strange realistic form of entertainment that some movies and tv shows that are fictional can't even duplicate that awesome amount of stress or that amount of glory when someone wins um another one i think it's it's fairly new but i think it's another one that had kind of similar millionaire vibes that had like high stakes because 
as the game would progress, it would get more and more intense, was Deal or No Deal. Mm-hmm. Having this idea of multiple cases. I mean, the game itself is like a very simple premise. It's like, you're going to pick a case. Either it's going to be really wealthy case or very not wealthy case and you can keep trying to pick to find which case and sell it and all the stuff but then the moment you would start seeing them pick too many of the higher boxes they're like the wager would go down that the the banker guy would give them and i think it was like it took so long to get through all the cases unless they just flat out had a really bad um wager if they like kept drawing all the high ones but that was another one i thought had a lot of kind of intense um drama to it did you guys ever really watch that show deal or no deal the you know the first thing that comes to mind when i think of that was wasn't that how megan markle got her start she was one of the briefcase well, yeah, girls she? <laughs> yeah and now <laughs> my... look at her now exactly. the american dream to the british dream back to the american dream yeah <laughs> i don't know where they're at i think they're in suburbia uh it's gonna be a reality show coming up there uh, making it with Markle, but uh, I, and it's so funny with that show compared to the other ones, it's so much more probability than knowledge or skill, where it's mm-hmm. all like elimination. And of course, you got these beautiful uh, women like, oh, briefcase number one, you know, it harkens back to the the women at the WWF with their numbers like round two, you know, and but it is interesting with those games where you still like you get really involved with it and you get excited about it. And it's such a simple premise, but the fact that they have the longevity of these shows and now they actually got a lot of fun shows. I don't know if you've seen that they're, they're marketing these shows based off like apps. Like they have this new one that came out not too long ago was beach Shazam where you can mm. play at home. So you guys know the Shazam app, right? Where you can yeah. press a button like, Oh, I don't know what that song. Okay. And so you would play the game and people are like, oh, you have to beat Shazam. Like this, it like can figure out a song in like 15 seconds and then you have to beat it. And you can actually play at home and compete to enter for, I was like, that's really cool. Like the future of game shows where everyone can kind of get involved or the illusion that we're all kind of involved. Cause you know, <laughs> most likely I'm not gonna win that uh, $10 million by just playing on my phone, but. Some never- bot will win it instead of you, but it, yeah. it'll make you feel like you won. They'll give you a little pat on the back, a virtual pat on the back. But you actually brought up a good point thinking about probability some shows really do require you to kind of have an understanding of probability or a sense of logic and some are really just pure luck um you know for example like wheel of fortune wheel of fortune is like a good mix like it's pure luck how that wheel is going to spin and then it's really your logic of how quickly can you solve a puzzle and you know it's it's hangman it's like we've all played hangman before but now it's like with money on the stake you know it's like or these cool prizes. Like I always love the prices, right? It's all these funny little games about money and some of them are really lucky. Some are actually really like, you have to kind of think of like, wait, I've been in the grocery store many times. What do I think that pound of sugar costs? And what does that <laughs> thing of oil cost? And then it gets to the end and it's like these massive crazy prizes of like, you can win a car and a trip to Europe and this. And it's like, now you have to bet on that and just make like one price and just guess. And if you're anything off, upper or lower, sometimes that could cost you the whole thing. And it's just like, it's funny to think like, I think there's things that we as like general consumers, we don't really think about that in our daily life all the time. And then if you were like, you're going to be on the prices right. It'd be like, oh, I have to think of all my years as a shopper and a consumer to put into my mind, you know, to try and win any of that stuff. But I would, oh, that would be an ultimate dream to be on that show. I would say that. Much. Really? 
Oh yeah. That show, I think of all the shows, like I love Jeopardy, but I agree with Taylor. I think Jeopardy I would not do very well in because I used to watch that show a lot with my grandparents and my grandma was like a quick fire. She'd be like, what is this? Who is that? Like she just, you know, she would know a lot of the, well, the and I'd be sitting there going darn buzzer, that clicker people struggle mm-hmm. with the clicker. I think that's the skills. Like, cause you see people like, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to burp, burp, burp. destroy their, their thing. But I think, cause I grew up, that was a steeple in my household, like visiting my grandparents. It was always like after dinner or if, dinner was coinciding we all like watched jeopardy and as i've gotten older i got better at it because then i actually understood the knowledge but i'm like yelling stuff out i don't know what was going on so i think as i've gotten older i've appreciated jeopardy more as well as wheel of fortune because now I'm like oh i i know all these facts and I've, you know I, I i can actually probably win well it's tricky too because you have to answer in a question which yeah. sometimes you, you there's been those moments where like they answer and alex is like no and it's like Oh, uh, dun, dun, dun. who is, you know, so-and-so or what is so-and-so? And it gets a little confusing, but is there any, like, if, if you had a dream spot to be on a uh, any game show, Aaron, what would it be? Yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about. Um, like, what do you yours? think you'd be would... best at to go on if you were like, I'm going to be on that I, show, I'm going to win money? I, I feel like if I, I would be most proud of myself if I did really well on that Wipeout show. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes anyone should be proud what another great set of uh reality game shows these kind of athletic shows we had you know uh you had a a american gladiator show for a while you had a american ninja warrior and yes shows like wipeout where you're going through an obstacle course we've all done this as kids but it's the really most advanced intense hilarious version of an obstacle course mostly with giant big red balls and people right bending their bodies in a way they probably shouldn't but it's just oh it's hilarious but no that that's actually it's a good one i always think that show i always think like how hard could that be to get through that course and oh clearly, my gosh i, I than, did one of those like mud runs oh yeah yeah, so it, yeah it felt like that and i was like running up a slide and people were helping me and i really really had fun with that so that's just why i would love to do something like wipe out one day well t- speaking of like you know some of the original ones you guys ever remember the show legends of the hidden temple yeah that and like and double dare on Nickelode- yeah all those Nickelode- like nickelodeon was kind of the i think the pioneer for game shows for kids for kids yeah i and i was always more of a cartoon network disney fan but uh nickelodeon really you know pushed the envelope in terms of getting these i think the pre because there weren't a lot of those for adults growing up like in the 80s what was the one what was the one with the big mountain they had to climb i don't know it's like it's been a while it was there was one that it was kind of like american gladiator ninja warrior like like i want to say gap but i don't think it's called gap it was something like that but you know that is a story yes but it had something to do with ga something but the, the last course was a giant mountain and it had three colors and the teams had to climb up this like rock climbing mountain in the end to like hit the top. And that was like a fun one to watch too as a kid. I always thought, oh, that'd be fun to do that one. They had, like Double Dare. Double Dare was the fun with Mark Summers, who was the host of that. And there was one other one he did too. But even like you, get, you take that, you have those shows. Then you even look at like uh, cooking shows. We have cooking right. competition shows. We have Chopped. We have Top Chef. We have Master Chef. We have... Uh, 
Great Be- British Bake Off. Cake Boss. Yeah. Cake Boss. Uh, yeah. Cake <laughs> Boss. You have Beat uh, uh, Bobby Flay. And then you have, like, you know, I was talking to Taylor, like, there's, there's even what I would consider modeling competition. You have, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race. You have America's Next Top Model. You have Project Runway. And, and then you, you have, have some like, of these other ones, like Forge and Fire is a new one. We have to- oh, yeah. That one's oh. really cool. There's also, you guys are familiar, Aaron, I don't know uh, your movie references, but you're familiar with Lego Batman, correct? I, have, I've seen, I haven't seen the movie, but I am very familiar with okay, it. Okay, you can leave now. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> but the voice, Will Arnett, you know the actor mm-hmm. Will Arnett, right? So he, as the voice of Lego Batman, and he was in the Lego movie, he's this, there's actually a Lego building competition they have where he's the host, and people have to build these creations out of Legos. Of course, me, I was like the directions. I was like, I couldn't make crap with that. I just like... It's something about that. Though. Yeah, those shows where they have a very, you know, we're, we're used to these game shows where it's a lot of like trivia and, and question. It's first to the buzzer. But now it's these shows where you have a very limited time to create something, whether it be baking, food, uh, an outfit. It'd be, yeah, an art piece. There's so many shows like that now where it's a, it's just fascinating to watch what people can come up with in a very short time. Um, that Forged and Fire show, I think it's on history channel is it history or any it's one of those two. any one of those two where they're literally having to forge a blade a blade <laughs> handle in like a very short time and it gets down to whoever the last two is of four guys then get to go home to their own you know kind of um i guess garage or whatever and they have to try to recreate a weapon from you know some era do they use the weapon do they use it or just just and then they use they do use it okay the the best part of the show is watching them make it and then the best part is some of these judges have to test their weapons on like fake uh bodies with like shields or like pits like cut it and the one guy always cracks me up is he's kind of like the samurai looking guy and he always like slices and he goes your blade will cut (laughs) (laughs) then he hands it back to them that's like a cool reality show that's like fairly new and probably would never have been thought of 50 years ago. Here's something that brings up because we've been talking about this. And I think the main one of the main reasons we wanted to do this episode today, Aaron, I think you can agree, is uh, we unfortunately just recently lost uh, one of the greatest uh, hosts of there. Alex uh, Trebek. Alex Trebek. And I think because of him, it, it made me think that the game shows that we love or have gain so much notoriety would not be what they are if they didn't have the the host the epic host that they have now mm-hmm. i mean you think of talking i mean tell me some of your favorite hosts like i right off the bat like if i'm not excluding the ones i just talked about which we'll bring those up again but uh we're talking about survivor jeff probes what a great host for that show i mean they've what 37 seasons now or almost like 40 or something mm-hmm. like that and he just has that that just the cadence he's just very well spoken and he's got his signature lines. Um, it's just something about the host that really can make or break the show, I think. Definitely. Who's the guy uh, he, he used to do? He might still be doing it now. America Funniest Videos. And then he's doing like Dancing with the Stars. Tom. I always forget his last name. Tom. Yeah. It's, it's B something. Yeah. Rob. Rob. I don't know his last yeah. name. But he's been a very like fun host. He's seen a lot of shows. Um, obviously, Regis Philbin was a great one. Um Steve Harvey, actually, Steve Harvey as the Family Feud host has actually the ratings have been like the best that shows ever had. They've had multiple comedians do that show, but there's something about him. 
his like reaction time to these ridiculous answers sometimes it's his facial reactions to humor <laughs> with the stash and his look sometimes like the his reactions are the funniest part of the show not the actual people you know answering but it's like sometimes the host really does make the show more memorable than the actual challenge itself and like i mean gosh trebek was the host from he came on in 1984 till recently just a few like weeks ago he was still doing the thing and that's you know like you look at jeopardy if it's on it's on five nights a week multiple weeks of the year i mean like that is his gig that was his gig for life like he never needed to work anything else again i'm sure he made plenty of money from that but it's just like what a thing to fall into a show like that and just stick with it and dedicate yourself to that show we've seen a lot of hosts do that a lot of, you know uh What's his name? Uh, Pat Sajak has been on Wheel of Fortune since like the 80s. And, uh, Vanna White, man. She Vanna White as well. Stays. It was 1981, 1982. They, they joined that show and they've been on and off with that since till this day. Um, you have yeah, Steve Harvey's been on the show now since 2010, I believe, is when he came on. So, I mean, that's been 10 years. Wayne Brady has been doing Let's Make a Deal since 2009. So you have and, and then Ultimate, of course, because I do love Prices Right a lot. But Bob Barker was on that show from since 1972 to 2007 was his run. And then Drew Carey's been on there since 2007. So it's like, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, even some of these people that were actors and comedians, this is like now their full fledged, like main job. And then of course, a lot of them have other shows and things going on, but it's just like something about that familiar face, seeing them kind of reconnect, especially when they get, guests that come back on the show you know sometimes they'll do like uh the vip week or they'll be like you know this is the winners week we have previous winners all fight to do something that's always like a fun thing too they do a lot in jeopardy Some, something about that i think harkens back and i mean you see if you guys agree with me that the familiarity when you like okay come come seven o'clock come six o'clock our favorite game shows on you see that face it's like your family member or friend coming over. It's like, we, we grew up with these people and it's just that um, it's still the same thing. If you watch the news or you watch a talk show, you have that face and just something about that familiarity that, but you feel more connected than say you watch your favorite show and your favorite characters on that show. It's more like this person's talking to me. You know, when Alex Rebecca looked at the camera, I was like, Oh my God, it's talking to me. Of course I'm like 30 years old. So it's like, you know, that's like, it was oh, not, yeah. Well, you, I yeah. love um, yeah, the today. I, I love the Today Show with mm -hmm. like Hoda and Savannah, and I, I you do you feel like those people are like a part of your family because they are in your living room every morning at seven o'clock, just like you're saying, Taylor. And that's that's how they frame those shows a lot too. They they film them in a way, you know, it's it's not always like perfect HD cameras. Some of the Today Show and stuff like that is, but like some of the game shows still have kind of that kind of middle ground to make it very like yeah in your house very very warm very like you know it's a very positive environment even if people are losing it's always you know out of love out of you know oh well better luck next time you know it's never <laughs> like a haha -ha, you didn't get the right answer you know it's very like in your face um, yeah you lost um i was gonna say though another you know as someone who's a performer you know you guys were on the cruise director side but as someone who was a singer on ships and yeah, we can performer. all we can all we can all match that. we all have something in common we've all worked on we ships. all yeah we're, we're all on a ship at some point um that's another thing too is right around the time that millionaire came out we also started having 
American Idol. And American Idol became this huge sensation of a show that would stem off to, you know, we have America's Got Talent. Now the big one is The Voice. And even now we have The Masked Singer is this kind of reality show with celebrities that... A different it's like a different of kind competition of, because it, yeah. it is really skill. And even like uh, Dancing with the Stars, um, so you think you can dance. You know, we're, we're seeing these shows that are for people to compete using their talent. So that's like, you know, you, you're going back in time to the, the, the 80s and 70s with some of these game shows. It's all about like, all right, who knows how to answer trivia and who can, you know, like play these games that we all play. And now it's like, the spectrum of what people compete with is so wide and you know there's so many programs it's kind of fascinating to watch people really you know compete being like all right these 10 are the best singers currently in the country and they have to nail it down to the one person that hopefully will then have a star career and it's kind of like the prize is so big you're like you know I, I you look back at some of those old shows the prizes were not that big and now it's it's very rare to see game shows not have like a million dollar prize attached to the winner of course it'll be taxed so it won't really be a million dollars yeah be still pretty good um but yeah any any other like sh- is there any current shows that you really follow aaron well i was just thinking about like you know a host that i feel like is so relatable and funny who also has a, who's a talk show host as well as i believe hosts some game shows now is ellen De- degeneres yeah she's got a what's it called ellen's game of games mm-hmm. and they right. do games all the time on her show exactly so she's kind of done both which is interesting and it, what would you say to this that i think you're talking about this chris that there was a hate at a time where game shows were in decline but then we've got this resurgence i mean what do you think aaron do you think that they're just going to continue to create new game shows i don't think we're ever going to run out of game shows honestly I don't think so, especially when we're comparing like game shows and how similar they are to reality shows. God, like The Bachelor, those those shows mm-hmm, are huge, yeah. and they're only they're they're only going to com- keep going. Competing for romance is it, even a, a thing now. It's just exactly. love is blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Love and, Island, all this. And stuff. You talk about like the mass mm-hmm. singer. It's like now we have the mass dancer, the mass. <laughs> the mess you know whatever it's like the mass chef you know oh we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna start having like tic-tac-toe they're gonna have like drunk <laughs> chess it's gonna have like, a hopscotch they're gonna have you know like who can run a you know the amazing race there's another one who can go around the world the fastest it's like the list never ends and i it's, think i think chris you and i should apply for the amazing race can you imagine us we just be like arguing all the whole time yes because it'd probably be me a, a few feet ahead of you because I have longer legs being like, and I twisted Let's go, you're slowing us down. And you're like, hurry up, I'm coming. <laughs> that would be funny though. I, yeah. I, that'd be interesting to footage, but no, it's true. There's so many shows and there's so many things. And it's just like, it, it kind of comes with the age and we're in, we're in this kind of second, really like golden age television because there's so much streaming. There's so much going on. And, and I think people will continually look to game shows for again that sense of like fun and hope and just something to watch that's not like i have to focus and think of a plot or what happened last week on this show so Mm -hmm. we're gonna take a quick break here and when we come back we're actually gonna get a little deeper into this conversation because both taylor and aaron had some experience being a game show host themselves for a small time on ships so more with aaron right after this bob 
This is Jeopardy! Let's meet our contestants! An actor in such films as Independence Day, Jurassic Park, and Thor Ragnarok, Jeff Goldblum! A dancer, actor, performing in over 90 films and TV shows, Christopher Walken! And finally, teen heartthrob and comedic actor, in recently starring in How to Train Your Dragon the Hidden World, Jay Baruchel. And here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek! Thank you, Johnny. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Jeopardy! Celebrity Edition. We have our contestants competing for winnings going to charity. They're ready and know the rules. Let's get started and see our categories. What's that smell? Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. Famous Bridges, Walking Through Cinema, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Name That Dino. All right, contestants, you have the categories. Jeff Goldblum, you may start. Yes, uh, Alex, uh, fine, fine, uh, happy to be here. Uh, yes, uh, I'll uh, uh, go with um, hmm, uh, Fruit Salad, Yummy, Yummy, yes, hmm, for 200. Yes, thank you, Alex. This country is where the kiwi fruit originates from. Uh, yeah, uh, what is, uh, uh, China? That is incorrect. Wow, what is New Zealand? That is correct. You have control of the board. Wow, let's go with walking through cinema for $100. This Bond movie features the villain Max Zorin. Uh, yeah, uh, what is Mr. Magoo? That is incorrect. That is not even a Bond film. Anyone else? Anyone? The answer is... What is a view to a kill? Mr. Walken, you were in this film. I'm sorry, Alex. I was distracted by that fly on Goldblum's head. Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Ah, oh, the fly. Hmm, yes. Uh, we will become one. Uh, super fly. Hmm, yeah, buzzing. Ah, uh, buzzing. Bees. Bees, honey. Ah, uh, fabulous, yes. Uh, I was in a movie about dragons, uh, and they could, uh, fly. Okay, that's nice. Well, anyway, moving on. Mr. Walken, your category. Let's keep walking through cinema for $200. In this Tarantino film, Christopher Walken gave a small but memorable speech in Cameo about a watch. Um, what is Reservoir Dogs? Incorrect. Anyone? The answer was, what is Pulp Fiction? I'm sorry, Mr. Walken, you've starred in this movie. How do you not know that? You say so. I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember the film. I mean, these lights are yeah, confusing me. They're so bright. Okay, anyway, moving on. On to the next question, Mr. Walken. Uh, sure, hmm. Uh, let's go again with Walken for $300. Max Shrek, Penguin, and Catwoman all are featured in this Batman film. Um, pass. I'm sorry, Mr. Walken, you cannot pass, and that is not an answer. I'm not a huge fan of the film. I'm afraid of bats. I mean, also my hair. Whoa, good golly, Miss Molly. Well, Mr. Walken, that is not an answer, and therefore incorrect. Also, I quit. I'm out of here. I'm going for the Wheel of Fortune. And we're back. That was a great commercial break. That, oh, that's a great show. What a show that is. Oh my gosh, the pulse pounding drama. <laughs> oh yeah, what a great show. Well, we're back here with our guest, Aaron, and we're talking about our favorite 
game shows and the ideas of game shows and how game shows have ex expanded and changed over time. But the fun thing is, you know, we've all had experience working on cruise ships. I remember my first time getting on a cruise ship was as a singer. I had never been on a cruise myself as a guest. So it was my first time to a cruise ship ever. And I had to experience a lot of things very quickly to get used to ship life. One thing I didn't really realize was on a cruise ship, there's a lot of games that happen because there's a lot of downtime when you're not out at port looking around and seeing all the cool sites. And a lot of the games are game show like games. They have things like trivia or bingo, or they'll do literally things like, you know, match game, or they'll do these kind of, you know, games that we all kind of know the, the familiar popular version, but they do them on cruise ships. So it would be fun to talk about what was it like your personal experience as either activity staff or cruise, um, I was about director. to say cruise master, <laughs> you could say cruise master. <laughs> which I mean, technically you were cruise director. What was it like being part of your job, having to step in and be like a game show host? Oh man. We'll start with, we'll start with our guest, Aaron. I, you know, I have to say, so I came from a theater background as well. And Hello. I, yeah, I did. So the, theater was my undergrad at um, Cal State Chico, Northern California. Uh, oh, I was Cal State Fullerton. Were you? Wow, that had a great yeah. program. And what a cool school, Cal State Fullerton, right next to Disneyland. That's right. <laughs> we always called it Cal State Disney because a lot of people from Fullerton work there. But anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so coming from that background and then seeing the game shows and seeing how much like improv was involved it was a little bit like overwhelming for me because improv was something I always kind of like shied away from in theater you know I was really always good with like a script and you know text analysis mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff um, was my background so that was like really overwhelming at first but I kind of found my way around it and I found game shows that I felt like this works every time even if um, the panel I have um, is not a stand-up comedian, it works. So I kind of found my way around that in those ways. You found your little like your lines and your little quips and some of your your pratfalls that you could fall the into. Tricks of the trade to get the job trade. done. What were some of the games you had to host? Um, so I was going to say my, my favorite one that I did, and I'm blanking on the name, and I don't know if you can help me with this, Taylor, was, so you re remember when we had like a panel of three people, and then behind them on a screen, we had different things, like someone was a pilot, someone was a pole dancer, and then someone was, um, I don't know, like a magician. And the panel had to ask the audience yes or no questions to find out what they were. If they were the uh, humor. I know I, I I'm blanking out on the name because that's it's a, been... but they they do play this it's kind of like, like heads that up. on Who's it's, Line. It's yeah, it's kind of like, like heads, heads up, up a little bit. bit. Yeah. I think they have a game like that on Who's Lines it anyway. It's a little they bit of a combination of 20 yeah. questions. Uh, mm. yeah. And that was that Who was, Am I? Is that the name of the yeah, game? Yeah, who am I? Yes. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. There you go. I love that game because I don't know. I don't know if you ever did this on Taylor, but what I liked about that game is I could be like, okay, one of the cadets, you're going to play this with me tonight. Um, the America's Test Kitchen Chef is going to play. Whoever it was, they just worked so well because it was so much about the audience interaction and they were almost like a role in the game show, the audience. Um, so I really. Yeah, some, of the, some of those people were funnier than like if you had a comedian on there. Sometimes the, yeah, the ra random. Um, if you had like one of the head chefs or someone that's not necessarily known to be on stage 
they would be even funnier because well, that was like okay one that always was a kick and still has been a kick from going on some cruises last year is when they would do the parody of dancing with the stars mm-hmm. but they do dancing with the stripes and they'd have guests paired up with various high-end members of the crew and they had to literally do a dance from who every single kind of genre you know you have to do a tango you have to do a country dance you have to do the waltz you know and it it would it would just be so funny because you're watching typically not trained dancers just go for it and slowly but surely get teared down to whoever the winner was and the audience would be the one that kind of chose everything but did you ever have to do dancing with the stripes we didn't do dancing with the stripes but um my fiance he was um a chief electrician for a long time and he was actually involved in that show when it was on. oh nice um so i and i know like he still talks about that today when they paired him with uh, you know one of the guests on board um, but eventually it evolved into, and I don't know if you ran into this, Taylor, but I was just, my first contract had it, and then that was all, was it just was called Dancing with the Stars. So the guests mm. danced with the singers and dancers on board. They didn't dance with, like, um, you know, the hotel officer or, um, you know, one of the the deck office. They, they didn't do that, but they did a version of that, which was really cool. Okay. I was and a we judge. Were- we were in international waters, so we didn't have to pay for the rights. So it worked out fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, two, so I worked for two different cruise lines, Celebrity and Hall America. So my di- my experience is a little different. But one of the one of my favorite game shows was the uh, Newlywed uh, Nearly Dead, or like the Newlywed Nuts Newlywed Game Show, because it got a little bit naughty, and you just it was just funny to see you know couples who were like, I didn't want to be up here. My husband brought me up here, or you know something. <laughs> And that was always funny because there were certain questions you could ask that would get a really good laugh. And we did this one um, and we did it on a grand staircase. It was one of my last cruises. I was a assistant cruise director then. We did this called, it was called, uh, you've got yourself a deal. So we combined let's make a deal and deal or no deal. So I had, everyone had these envelopes and I had someone sitting like randomly drawn to sit there and they had to pick like everyone just like deal or no deal. And they were like prizes for like different stuff, like the shop. So it was like kind of a cool combination, but it was like three floors of everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. So we're like making this larger than life and everything. Um, But that was fun. But I will say one game show we did that was a lot of fun because it was very physically demanding was called, was our version of Minute to Win It when I was on Celebrity. Mm. And you had all these different, one of these was the the Chinese chopstick challenge where you had to like, uh, put like a chops like up to five chopsticks and throw them in the air and catch them or you had one where you had to like literally you <laughs> we had a kleenex box with a belt and it was fashioned with uh, ping pong balls and you basically had to shake your booty to get the ping pong balls out they basically had to twerk <laughs> to get the balls out there within 30 <laughs> seconds so there was a lot of these just like the hijinks of it i think for the guests especially because it just acting like idiots was just you never know well, what they were going to do it's really funny to see the guests get comfortable as the cruise goes along usually night one night two they're always a little timid still and then as they're more getting to know the crew and getting to experience their you know fellow guests you know who they're eating with and who they're going off and doing these excursions with they start to loosen up more and of course as the booze is flowing um they start to just like let all their inhibitions go and just go wild and some of these are like it's true it's like you would never have a funnier reaction if you hired a professional comedian some of the stuff that these people end up doing 
or just like presenting is so in the moment hilarious um there was one cool one i don't know if you've ever had this i mean we've always had you know karaoke is a very popular thing but they had this thing last year i was seeing where they would have like the party band and they'd have guests sing a whole song with the party band and so like the party band singer did not sing and that like and some of these people would walk up and i'd be like oh this is gonna be interesting and they'd blow you away mm-hmm. or some were very cocky and then it was just like hilarious to watch them like sometimes butcher these songs um did they have any like singing things like that on your your time on ships aaron we had um you know we had you know the show that we did it wasn't so much like with the band but we did name that tune a lot taylor did you do okay that yeah show? yeah yeah that was a fun one as well because uh we didn't um I did, I did a version of that on Celebrity where we would play the songs and you have two chairs and people had to run to the chair uh, if they knew like the song or something like that. But the name the tune ones were a lot of fun because especially when you have on a cruise ship, you've got so many different generations. You have to play like an international crowd. You have to play something that everyone would know or at least have the opportunity to. Oh yeah, and, and then, then it, you know, if it's if it's not enough, you know. And we had the exciting opportunity because with Hot America, they did a lot of great partnerships. And I, yeah. I think you got to host this. One of, it was probably the most advanced game show we ever hosted uh, was the um, BBC Earth. It was a game what show. What was Earth? it? What, what on, on Earth? Earth? You know, what on Earth? What on Earth? What a good name. Yeah. I'll let you explain a little bit, Aaron, because that was that was a fun one. Oh, when it worked, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was, um, you know, they so you had your panel, but then everyone had like a buzzer, so you would have like a video clip and then of like an Arctic fox or something that had to do with the BBC Earth franchise, and you know, you would name you would have a question like, okay, like what is the name of this animal, and then whoever buzzed in and got the answer right you know, would get the point for that, um, for that game show. And I loved hosting that one because talk about like a scripted game show. That one was very scripted. You had to work well. That was up your alley. Yeah. That's one I really like. No, everyone's like, no, I don't want to do that one. But I was like, no, I really like that one. I have to do anyone. I'll do that one for sure. And it was funny because when you buzz in, everyone have their own animals. So like, okay, one team be team peacock. (laughs) And like, so it wasn't like a buzz. And they're like, someone's a lot, but people were very funny. Cause then you, you had your script and nothing that none of the games she's ever did made me feel more like a host yep. than that one. Because exactly. it was so professional on the sound quality and you, you've, you, everyone's got their little mics and like, and it was, uh, it just sometimes the, the because people can't follow directions <laughs> and you're like, okay, I need you over here. No, over here. So, and you would get, I would get a little, do you get a little cheeky with them? Do you have fun? Like kind of like goofing around? Or, oh, or was it, and I don't yeah. know why, maybe because that preparation of the script was within that game show. So I had a little bit to go off of, but I felt so much more confident to have those moments in that game show because of yeah. that, you know, like playing with the, with the panel and the audience. I really liked that about that one. Cause then you could like look at something and like on the fly, like, Oh, I'll pick on that. Like, I was just being like, I was kind of being cheeky. This one guy had his hands in his pockets. I'm like, hands out of your pockets. God sees everything or something like that. Like I was just, just being so like, just a little bit off color just to see if they were paying attention. But especially if you had a good crowd, cause we would do them in the theater. Right. Um, 
and when I was on on Celebrity with Chris and such, we'd have some of the rooms where it's like the little kind of like the little ballroom kind of areas, and that was the fun thing, the thrill of the crowd. Like we wanted to make the crowd laugh and stuff. But that was it was that was probably one of the highlights I think of our our time on ships was the game show parts. Oh, definitely. Do you have any? Do you guys have any? Like if you had to pick one, if you can think of it, um, one funny mishap story from oh, hosting one of these games? I know. Like one really bad funny one? I'm sure you have a bunch, but is there one that comes to mind? I, um, <laughs> in the game show that I was talking about where they had the panel and then the words behind them, I I spelled pilot wrong. <laughs> <laughs> pilot. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> And then I, because you know, you're so busy and you have so much going, you know, going on in the day. So you're trying to throw. Who would have thought the- this is what your job would be now? So I know it was, it was spelled like Pilot. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. <laughs> Taylor, I think that some of the like corporate bosses were on board and they all came in. And, oh, show. and that's like your worst nightmare, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially I can spell, when, I swear. When uh-huh. You're doing it. Well, that was, that was the thing. You prepare everything but technology wasn't working that was like kind of embarrassing and i remember on the bbc one on earth we had all the buzzers working except one so i had to bring out a like little like you know a hotel buzzer bing you know like and then that broke and then i'm running over like uh, and i'm just making comments like this is just my day job folks you know or something like yeah. that and but one mishap was great it was on dancing the, the, st- the stripes is it, well there was a couple times it got really intense. Like we had the, it made sense, but one of the officers, the stripes was the, um, he was the accounting officer or like in charge of the money. And I was like, he doesn't get out much folks. Cause he like literally at one moment I was on it cause they needed someone to fill in the ranks and they like, you know, cut you out early. And all of a sudden I see the, I think it's the marketing manager or whatever. I see him with a lady guest on like riding his back like sea biscuit and they're like running <laughs> around right. the thing. and then like i don't know what happened then all of a sudden like she like like ride like the wind bullseye and like they're on the ground she's on her back she's fine but probably in pain and it was like lawsuit waiting to happen but it was just you never know what was going to happen like it was even more like no holds bar on like our game shows because some of those got like too crazy Oh, yeah. And they look at you as a figure of authority, like, don't worry, the cruise director's here. He'll take care of it. You know, <laughs> you're, and you're, you're like, like deer in the headlight look. <laughs> and we can't cut to commercial. Can I go now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no commercial break. There's no editing. This is all happening right now, real life. Um, yeah. That just sounds so fun. I always, I always feel I, I got to do improv a lot in high school doing a thing called comedy sports which is like improv games so i kind of got used to improv going into college so i've always thought it'd be fun to do to be like a game show host in that way like to even like a talk show host. like me and taylor we're big fans of conan is like one of our favorite hosts and i think just like sometimes his banter and the way he the way he can like be very smart and very intelligent be that like proper host and then he just says one line and you're cracking up i think that's something that also game show hosts have kind of learned to be that kind of charming, witty, but also funny side. And and having that quick improv banter to keep a audience going. You know, a lot of those shows, if they would have an audience, they have to kind of like get the audience going a little bit before they'd have the actual game start. Um, but I'll say like, have you ever been on like a taping of any like show before? Like if you've gone to see a 
taping of a TV show because that's also I think is something interesting is you go to, you you're watching these famous shows and the way the actual studios are set up is so very different than what you would think when you're watching the final product on TV. Yeah, um, I mean, on the SNL, um, you know, on the SNL set, mm-hmm. I went there, but I, I wasn't there for the filming. But yeah, you're right. Like it looks so different than what you would think. It's so much smaller and. Yeah, it's so tiny. I've been to Conan's, uh, and then uh, just last year, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, I went to Seth Meyers set in New York. And yeah, it's just like, it's so impressive. And like, I would imagine like, if you were to go to like Jeopardy, it looks like it's such a big space, but actually it would be like, here's the three podiums and here's the board and to be a lot tighter than you would imagine. Right. Um, which is always like impressive, but that's the whole other ball game of all the production value that goes into some of these games is really where also the, what you, can tell, you can tell which ones have money and which don't, you know, cause some well, are like very over time, how, how they've advanced so much. I mean, look at mm-hmm. uh, Jeopardy uh, as a, a random example was uh, they had the original episodes. They're playing some of these old episodes uh, this past summer slide. And of course, yeah, Je- Alex is so much more, he was so much more edgier in the beginning because he's this young hotshot. But I love how it was just like slide. Now it's like all yeah. digital. Daily Double had to be like, Daily- yeah. <laughs> you had to flip it up. So it is amazing to see, you know, the technology is added to enhance the experience. I mean, we're talking about, mm-hmm. I mean, look at, you know, who's like, um, sorry, who wants to be a millionaire? I mean, that was the that pulse pounding drama and the theme music and everything. So there's, there's so much <laughs> to <laughs> exactly to be excited about for, upcoming game shows and who knows where it's going to go honestly i always wanted to i know they had it at disney world for a short period of time and they had an american idol show at disney world as well but they had like they had millionaire at disney world first a period of time where you could like play millionaire at the park and also they had american idol contest at the park as well i was like oh that would have been fun to do but they they didn't have it here in hollywood Mm -hmm. that i remember um but anyway any last things you want to bring up about game shows themselves Aaron I you know what's so funny so you know just thinking about like Taylor all those team trivia challenges that we did so I I do this thing for work and it's called like an energizer so it's like you know within our meeting we have like a quick five ten minute thing last week we did someone else led Pictionary and I actually just pulled like 10 of my favorite trivia questions and I'm gonna do that tomorrow with my team that I'm on now so it's you know it's such a part of my life and the game shows were a part of my life on the cruise ships and that that whole experience, I just try to bring a little bit of what I had there to what I'm doing now because it was so much fun. Well, I mean, it sounds like fun. And I'm sure, like, you know, I, I my job was very much like I would work for the shows and then I kind of didn't really do anything else. But the cruise and director is on. Disappears. You're on a lot. You know, you're, 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 yes, you're doing the shows, but I think there's, I'm sure. Although sometimes it might have been stressful, I think sometimes having that outlet to kind of perform a little bit and get interactive was probably a little de-stressing too of some of the the um, demands of that job. So I'm sure it was fun times. But thank you, Aaron, for being with us today. But before we let you go, we have our potential podcast guest questions. And don't worry, these are not like they're not like trivia questions or anything. This is not. No, we're not quiz. asking you what's the square root of. Uh, something but we're not uh, going to ask you what was the original question asked on jeopardy um because <laughs> none of us know that so yeah again um, we have a <laughs> 10 guest questions here semi-rapid fire don't really think about these okay They're mostly about you so um i'll start us off here so number one what is your favorite movie 
my favorite movie is Fifty First Dates. Very nice. Number two, what is your favorite TV series? Favorite TV series, The Walking Dead. Very nice. nice. Uh, Number three, what is your, if you have one, a favorite video game or favorite video game series? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's totally cool. Yeah, that's all right. No one passes, but we'll let it slide. Uh, What is your, number four, what is your favorite uh, band or artist? Band or artist, Lady Gaga. Oh, very nice. Saw her live. She's awesome. Well, this was always a fun question. Uh, number five, what is the f- what's your favorite place you've traveled to? If you could pick one. Um, Malta, Valletta. Oh, beautiful. Love it. And some of the best seafood as well. The walled so. city. <laughs> so great. So great. Uh, number six, what uh, is something that inspires you or has inspired you to get where you are today? Um, inspired me was my parents were both flight attendants for American Airlines. They led me into working for cruise ships and my mom uh, retired from that and became a school teacher who introduced me to speech pathology. There you go. Very nice. Um, Number seven here. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um... What comes to mind first? No harm, no foul. <laughs> that there you go. That's we'll take it. That I try to live by. No harm, no foul. Number eight. Uh, what is your nerd level on a scale of one to ten? Uh, one, you have heard of Star Wars. Number ten, you speak Wookie. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, I, I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I, I would say, I I would say probably in terms of like my, my passion, probably about a a five, a solid five. That's that's good. Right there in the middle. 5.5. You've seen enough, but you're not completely weirdo. She's not the conventions. Went to the Lord of the Rings openings, you know, midnight premiere. So I feel like everyone is elves. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, number nine here. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Um, pleasure probably listening to our podcast re-watching um all of the twilight movies with my younger sister but i only will oh. watch them really <laughs> uh, Bella. Bella. I know. all right and uh last, i know you said you don't have one but just give us your best one number 10 is give us your best impression it could be of anything Oh, God, don't do this to me. No, you got to do something. You passed. You've already passed. You already had your one pass. Yeah, yeah, that was your... uh, Just say a line from any movie you could think of. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. Was it, we'll take that one, Aaron. Oh, Forrest Gump. Okay, I was like, I was confused by the accent. That was like good. A, she had a New York accent. <laughs> no, that was awesome. No, that was great. Thank you. You nailed that. it. You nailed it. Well, Aaron, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us and talking about game shows. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, it's been been a blast. I'm sure it's been fun to have a little reunion via Zoom for you and Missyol Sokil over here.
Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'm your host, Regis Philbin. We are here with Aaron Duffy, who before we ended last night's program got up to $125,000. How do you feel, Aaron? I feel amazing, but honestly, Regis, I'm ready to win a million dollars. Very good, Aaron. Well, you are only three questions away from doing just that. You still have two lifelines. You ready? I'm ready. Let's play. Which of these is the shortest play by William Shakespeare? A. The Midsummer Night's Dream. B. The Comedy of Errors. C. Twelfth Night. Or D. The Taming of the Shrew. Hmm. Shortest in length? Or least amount of words? Aaron, I don't make up the questions, but you got $250,000 on the line here. What's it to be? Or not to be? Am I right, folks? <laughs> I think I know Shakespeare quite well. So I'm going to go with B. Final answer. She's chosen B. And won herself $250,000. Two questions away to that million dollar prize. Can you feel it, Aaron? Yes, I can. All right. You're now going for $500,000. Remember... You still have those lifelines remaining, but if you get this question wrong, you will only walk away with $32,000. Here is the question. Which of these nuts is used to make dynamite? A. Almonds B. Pine nuts C. Peanuts Or D. Walnuts Wow, I had no clue nuts were used to make dynamite. Me neither, Aaron. I knew a nut allergy could be a problem. Didn't realize it could also be explosive. I'd like to use the 50-50. Okay. Judges, go ahead and remove two answers, leaving one wrong answer and the correct answer. All right, Aaron. Looks like you're left with A, almonds, and C, peanuts. That at least narrows it down, but I'm not sure on this one. And that's a lot of money to just guess. You still have one lifeline remaining. You could also walk away with $250,000. C. Peanuts. Final answer. You chose C. Peanuts. And just won yourself $500,000! That was a big risk there, Aaron. You must feel more alive than ever. I didn't want to lose my last lifeline. Guess you could say I'm a little nuts. <laughs> I like this kid. She's got spirit. Well, we have come to the big moment. You are one question away from a million dollars. You have one lifeline remaining. Could walk away with $500,000 or potentially risk it all and lose $468,000. Let's play. For one million dollars, what year was the first color photograph taken? A, 1861, B, 1865, C, 1894, or D, 1899? The first color photograph. I'm going to have to phone a friend. Okay, we're gonna go over to our partners at AT&T. And who are you gonna call? My grandpa Joe. He's a history buff and knows a lot of fun facts. All right, let's get grandpa Joe on the line. <laughs> Hello? Who's calling me at this hour? It's crazy. 
Hello there, Joe. This is Regis Phil. Hello? You gotta speak up there. I said hello there, Joe. This is Regis Philbin from Millionaire. We're here with your granddaughter, Erin. You have to run an Erin. Your granddaughter, Erin. Oh, Erin. Erin, yes, I got it now. She is one answer away from winning a million dollars, but needs your help. I don't have any help. Sorry. Help. Your help. She needs to ask you a question, and you have to help her answer. Erin, you have 30 seconds. It starts now. Grandpa, in which year... Hi, sweetheart. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> Hi. Which year was the first color photograph... Did you get that pair of socks I sent you? Grandpa, no time. Which year was the first color photograph taken? 1861, 1865, 1894, 1899. Why, 1861, my dear. You positive? Well, of course I'm positive. I was the one who took the photo. Good luck. How old is your grandfather? A, 1861. Final answer. You've chosen A. And it was a good thing you called Grandpa Joe. You've just won a million dollars! I can't believe it! Wow! Congratulations to you, Erin, and your big win. Maybe you can buy Grandpa Joe some hearing aids. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Regis Philbin. Good night. Well, I will say she's very well spoken, and I thought she had a lot of fun insight into her own take on being a, a host, you know, being a cruise director. And I like that, you know, she she went to college to study acting. I think that's a big part of it. I think even though you you per se didn't study acting, Taylor, I think because you naturally take into movies and TV, there's definitely a performer side about you. You like doing there's the emulation, yeah, and I would and you say like doing improv. So it it, it kind of I think it helps because again it's that confidence to you got to keep the ball rolling when you're doing these games you know and i think it's interesting where her career is now and going into speech pathology i think it's very interesting the trajectory of her career but yeah and i i think it's just fun to go back and really dissect what it the history and what it means to have a game show i mean you look back and we you know we, we talked about the prizes and stuff i mean really game shows kind of came out of a big thing about product placement and and selling yeah. advertising i mean some of the original ones and even today you know with wheel of fortune and like oh we're advertising this resort or something so i think you know business and advertising and game shows they go really hand in hand i mean what is this all about but making money of course but I think because of that and because of the drive of humanity that we love the competition and we love that something it, it is so it's kind of mindless entertainment, but also just um, entertainment that you can you can interact with, even if you're not there, you just you feel like you're part of it, uh, whether it's a you know, reality show like Big Brother where you are rooting for that person or where you're like testing your knowledge against your family and friends. Like, oh, I knew that one. Or because I, I I was always like that. I was always playing along with my family. Like, oh, you know, let's see if I can I yell the answer out faster. So I think that's going to be interesting to see where the history of it will and, and you know what host will maybe take over for some of our existing shows. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be, you know, of course this whole thing was because we want to honor Alex Trebek and you know, those are big shoes to fill. You know, we've we've seen other shows where we've lost a host like that and eventually, you know, or someone gets to the point of retiring. Like I'd say the last one I could think about that was a similar situation was, you know, 
Bob Barker was the longest, you know, was such a long running host of The Price is Right. And eventually it just came to the point of, you know, time to retire. And um, and so it was one of those like, well, who who are you going to get? Like, this guy's been on the show for like 30 years. And he grew and into Drew the role. Carey, yeah. yeah. And, and Drew Carey actually has been doing a great job. You know, it probably was a little weird at first, but he's done a good job. So I think it definitely, is, there's going to be this transition period where it's going to feel weird. But, you know, 10 years from now, if the same person's hosting, it'll just feel like this is the new Jeopardy, you know? And you've got a new generation of uh, of audience members that are watching out there, like us growing up with Jeopardy, and they'll be growing up with the new host. So it's, it's just like you're getting new, used to a new friend. You make new friends and you, you go with it. It's not the same as a, a TV show or a movie where you have to really get them like right then and there. It's like, well, we're going to give this person a shot and hope that they can carry on the torch and, and make it their own because essentially uh, the game show is nothing without a good host. So I think it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm excited about the future. I really am. Some people get Yeah. I mean, as we said, there's so many types of game shows now and there's still many more that could be made and created. And with, with so many streaming platforms now, we're kind of still slowly being taken away from the more network type shows. I mean, we could be seeing like there could be one day there could be a whole streaming platform for just game shows. You know, that's that's not a far reality that one we day could, we we could invent it, you and I. Jeopardy Plus, Wheel of Fortune Max. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we could be seeing stuff like that. So who knows? But anyway, thanks for listening today, guys. We really had fun with Aaron Duffy, our guest, talking about game shows. And again, we just want to honor and love Alex Trebek. He was the consummate host and it was just, you know, a huge loss, but what a legend. Another yeah, and, legend and, you know. and for those, I mean, then this air is coming up uh, for those of you in the States will be celebrating uh, Thanksgiving. And remember, because, you know, these themes we try to, you know, push on and saying, enjoy the time you have with family. And because that's what this season and these holidays are coming up is all about is being with those you love and embracing the little things. But also be safe, please. Keep wearing your masks. And, you know, if you're going to have any gatherings, do it safely. Do it outside. Do it wherever you can. That's going to be easiest. But just, you know, be safe. And make sure you stretch before eating that turkey. So anyway, happy, yes, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving this week. And uh, we'll be back with you guys in December. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.